Imagine the rock stars. Uh, I'm Philip Molina, and this is Rogue Theory. It's a show where we bring a bunch of fun people together, and we get their ideas and opinions on topics that are in pop culture zeitgeist. Uh, Eric's giggling for some reason. Is it because I'm milking a tiny cow and for no reason? No, <laughs> yeah, I'm being milked uh, under the uh, table. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you giggle from that? Rough. Oh, man. Uh, uh, <laughs> on today's episode, uh, we do have Eric Voss. Hi. Unfortunately. Sorry. Apologies yeah. out the gate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm being milked, Eric Voss. Uh, and then uh, we also have improviser and comedic saxophonist. Jimmy Trittle. What does that mean? I play saxophone in comedy settings. Oh, no, I mean improviser. No, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, Saxophone in comedy settings because what makes something funnier but just a loud saxophone. Yeah. Which sax? Alto. Nice, me too. All right, and then also, uh, that's true, uh, Tara Erickson uh, from uh, the famous YouTube channel, The Tara Erickson. Yeah, it's just under my name. Oh, cool, and an article in front of your name. No, just Tara Erickson. The Tara Erickson is my Twitter handle. Confusing, I know. Somebody got my note wrong, and they are, oh, they're being They're switching it now. (laughs) I mean, you really... Guys, reminder, you can listen to the show. I botched it. Uh, You can listen to the show, uh, Rogue Theory Podcast feed, earlier than the video version if you do it on iTunes or anywhere you get your podcast. This episode, by the way, this is our post-Comic-Con episode, technically. Uh, Even the last episode, we kind of pretended that we knew what was going to happen at (laughs) Comic-Con. We had shot it before, so we didn't know. So we're going to talk about all the big stuff from Comic-Con. The biggest stuff, of course, it's mainly the Top Gun news. That's (laughs) not true. We are going to talk about Top Gun, though. Uh, but guys, we're new rock stars. Hi, nice to meet you. We will be talking about Marvel a lot right now, specifically starting with Phase Four. Oof. Now, the titling of this uh, video may have been clickbaity. I'm not sure if if it was, uh, depending on what it is. I can't see. Chances it right are now. yes, if it's new rock stars. Okay, great. Yeah, uh, and it may have said something about the death of the MCU. Of uh, Phase Four is this crazy like tectonic shift uh, across the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it certainly is gonna look nothing like what it looked like before. Uh, and we were, we were just talking about this before the show, and we realized it's actually going to break everything we know about superhero movies. So we have some topics about the things that we are no longer gonna see in the MCU and how it's shifting to something new, uh, and then we'll kind of see, like, is, it, is the MCU as we knew it dead? Probably not. Uh, so, uh, first off, let's talk about um, the superhero genre. Because uh, that's something I'm arguing is over. Even within Marvel, they're not going to make superhero movies anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, which isn't that interesting? Like, they said uh, each director who came out kind of talked about what subgenre their movie would mm-hmm. be. Scott Derrickson said, Doctor Strange uh, in the Multiverse of Madness, best title of all time, will uh, be a horror movie. It'll be the MCU's first scary film. And that Black Widow seems to be kind of like a Jason Bourne-style spy thriller. Uh, But this is a trend that we have seen in the MCU for a while now. You know, like, it's interesting how, unlike other superhero movies, they don't tend to call each other Iron Man or Captain America unless it's, like, in this tongue-in-cheek way. They refer to each other as... Tony as yeah, Sam, Steve, yeah. Clint, yeah, yeah or nicknames, mm-hmm. Point Break, Lebowski, you know? Right. <laughs> uh, it's all kind of done in this grounded, kind of chill, funny way. But in a way, they've almost kind of turned away from the traditional hero in a cape trope. And all of their, uh, everything that they have is like armor 
or a um, utility suit as opposed to just something you wear for theatrics. Or if it is something you wear for theatrics, there's a purpose behind that. As we saw in like Spider-Man Far From Home, Clinton Beck's wardrobe was theatrical and that of an actor, but there was an agenda behind that. So it seems like phase four is doubling down on that trend. And now we are, we're moving away from this whole idea of superhero origin stories. With which, the concept of, oh, my dad... Is, was not right. good to me, and yeah. so I became a billionaire. Yeah. Superhero. Orphan overcomes yeah. all odds. Yeah, uh, usually goes to somewhere near Tibet and <laughs> finds yeah, new yeah. powers. And, That's, uh, it's an old yeah. story now, right? An orphan like finds some some way. Uh, it's what is it? Uh, uh, dog bites man isn't isn't news, but man bites dog. So oh, man sure. bites orphan <laughs> would be would be yeah, great news this is, now. Yeah, phase but four. They, yeah, yeah, they need to find these like these shifts, and I think that that's. Definitely what they're doing. What do you guys think? Well, I was just going to say, it sounds like it's something that's going to be more grounded and something that could actually, a person could actually get to being an Avenger from the path that they took. If they're talking about, as I heard that the um, Widow movie is going to kind of reference their Budapest adventure Mm -hmm. that happened. So it's like, oh, um, as opposed to like, well, I got bit by a spider and I kind of got to figure it out. I got bit by a black widow and I'm dead. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's more of like, this is how I became who I am realistically in this universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's kind of cool. But yeah. also like the, the jumping in for a second to the, the horror uh, of Doctor Strange, to me, that's what I'm saying where I'm like, that's a genre, right? Superhero is to me no longer a genre. It's a jumping off point. Yeah. It's a motif or something, or it's a character, right? Like uh, clown horror, or you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it, it's just a word that you can put in front of horror. But it is is the overall genre done? Well, I felt like Captain Marvel. They really followed her storyline well. Like in what you're saying, she was pretty grounded, but she's still a superhero mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. It's just maybe not as like old school, right? That was probably a superhero movie in a very traditional sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's like we. We all care about the story about like the redemption of like the kid to the teenager to the woman. I think that's what people attach to more is the story where they came from so that you can associate to those characters rather than just like it's Captain Marvel and like you want all of her gear and like to go out and be her on Halloween. But really, it's like the story that you attach to from like a kid or now or when you see the movie of like, oh, I, I, I like that person like. You know, you like either Doctor Strange or you like Black Widow more. Like, you attach to those characters, I think, because of their background. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, I honestly think that Marvel's been doing this. And that's why we, and that's why we attached to them. Mm-hmm. Because even Iron Man's story was like, hey, I'm this punk kid that gets basically kidnapped and I have to become a better human. And this is how. Yeah. And then builds his super suit around a persona of being something better. I mean, it didn't start out that way, but that's what it grew into. And I and I think now they're really saying, hey, we're going to lean into um, following them as people and not as them as what is their power. You know right. what I think it is? I think we have found, maybe the studios have found a sort of exhaustion in realizing that uh, a superhero movie isn't really a genre. Maybe it's just like this Joseph Campbell story structure, this hero's journey. It's right. more of a story structure than a genre. Because what are the tropes of a superhero movie? Some kind of origin moment or, or someone has some kind of inherent 
personality flaw or weakness that somehow they try that either gets accentuated or complemented by some new power or technology or magic that they uncover. I mean, all of these things they are, reject the call consistently. They reject it, the call. It is exactly uh, the hero's journey, just with the word "super" in front of it. Yeah, exactly. And so you could argue. I think I've argued before that uh, Harry Potter is in a way a superhero movie. The Matrix is in a way a superhero movie. Star Wars is in a way a superhero movie because if you just detach like the specific right. details of the Star Wars names and places and just put any kind of like if you put Adam Warlock in there people will be like oh now it's a superhero movie so right. yeah because it was based on a comic or something if, if you look so considering for for fans that, that aren't familiar with the hero's journey every movie we yeah. watch is is basically the hero's journey or some variation on that uh, so then if you think of that and then you think well superhero is really just superhuman is what we're talking about that's why you pick the matrix neo is a superhuman yeah. right mm-hmm. uh, you can go beyond literally the the word super going beyond what a human is so if you just take that superhuman concept and then know that every story is a hero's journey right. concept then yeah it's almost like anything that it has powers uh, like sci-fi element, then they can be uh, called a superhero thing, which is why I love this idea of Phase Four. To me, looks nothing like what we've come to learn from the traditional hero's journey. Instead, yeah, I, I actually kind of disagree a little bit with some of what you guys are saying. I think it's like we're going to go into Doctor Strange's like alternate realities, and it's going to be like this completely impossible for us to conceive. Uh, uh, reality. It's almost a little like uh, uh, Inception, how we talked about uh, that a lot from the first Doctor Strange movie. We're like, these are not concepts that, that, that the concept of grounding them is almost impossible. They did a lot of great work with the ori- original Iron Man films to ground the whole universe. Like they called him a punk kid, by the way. He's a billionaire arms dealer, but he was also a punk kid. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and that it is those those things where it's like, you can't be a billionaire and then that's just it. You have to be like, like, do you know billionaires, how weird they are? Are. Jeff yeah. Bezos, Elon like, Musk. Yeah, these yeah. people are super weird. So grounding it uh, appropriately uh, did give them the ability now to go. I I want to argue completely ungrounded, and that's how you end up with a horror movie in the MCU, as they're saying that mm-hmm. Doctor Strange is. Yeah, be. It, I, I hope that they continue to go more toward. Um, Fewer origin stories. Like the Eternals, I do not want to see an opening 30-minute prologue explaining to me... How Sama Hayek was born. Right. And it's always like, it was dark. Yeah. And then, you know... Some kind of simple... Like how Blade Runner opens with like a couple paragraphs just explaining what uh, replicants are, and then we jump right in. As long as it just opens up on Angelina Jolie, it'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be great. So with uh, Eternals, with Shang-Chi, I don't need... I would love it if they did the same thing that they did with Spider-Man Homecoming, even though Spider-Man's the most famous superhero, everyone knows who he is and what his origin story is. I don't think we need that much. Captain Marvel, I think, had a really good structure where we just jumped in with her with this Star Force Elite Commando team and the movie becomes about her discovering what her origin was, but that Mm -hmm. wasn't structurally what we had to sit through for the first 40 minutes of the movie. Uh, Quick question. Uh, Shang-Chi, that's the new... Is that going to be a part of Eternals or is that... No, it's going to be, yeah, it's its own separate thing. And that's supposed to be more of like a, like a kung fu style movie, right? Yeah, like a martial arts movie. for it. (laughs) And I just wanted to make sure that I was 
for the you right thing. It's a, it's a, it's going to be a martial arts <laughs> kung fu note. movie that has uh, that still has this weird Ten Rings MCU connected. Like the Ten Rings have shown up in several MCU movies. They were in the first Iron Man. They were weirdly in Ant Man. They were one of the like arm stealers who were meeting uh, to try to get this technology. Uh, they yeah they they showed up. They were connected to the Mandarin in Iron Man Three. Like the false Mandarin. They were there the whole time. And some people have said that they're an even bigger threat than like Hydra might have been or Thanos might have been. But I don't know about that. But like, well, I, they're not going to go like it's not as bad as Hydra. You right, know, like yeah. they're not going to go backward. <laughs> yeah. Sure, yeah. Uh, but it's it's it seems like that's going to be its own separate story that is also weirdly interconnected to the rest of the universe. Sure. So I want to I want to bring up we can go off of Shang Chi here the idea that uh, you know it is going to be this kung fu film that is just going to happen to be a, a Marvel movie. Uh, we are kind of all like putting aside the fact that Iron Fist happened. Yeah. Right? Uh, and, you know, there's a few little redeeming qualities in, in that show, but overall, not a great show. Uh, but I do want to talk about this next part of the death of the MCU. Uh, my voice would not sustain being gravelly for even one second. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and that's the death of the the previous distinction between the films and the TV shows. Because Iron Fist, Marvel stamp on it real big on Netflix, even Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which technically was part of the MCU, yeah. still kind of started to veer off on its own thing, even though they were reacting. But now, on the Phase 4 timeline, big screen, bam, right there is WandaVision, right? right. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, they clearly are elevating these things to be on the same uh, uh, pars as, uh, as the movies. So I want to talk about, is this good? Are we talking about doing TV shows and just like pretending they're really important? Are they instead actually not going to be anything like a TV show before, be more like a six-hour movie? What do we think? How are they? If they are breaking down this barrier, what does that mean for the content? I mean, I would love if there was a, a different structure and variety for each show, depending on what we want. Like, if WandaVision truly is going to be a preamble or a, uh, a pre-show setting up Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, then yeah, maybe like a four-episode miniseries. Uh, but something like, uh, yeah, a Falcon and Winter Soldier, I could see that being a, a serialized. I could see a hundred episodes of that. Marvel, what if like a million episodes of that? So some of these could be more open-ended things. Some of them, maybe we only do one season and we're done with it. Right, which yeah. would make a lot of sense. WandaVision especially. If, if so, are you guys familiar with, with the House of M story? Well, it's, it's essentially Scarlet Witch's thing, right? Like yeah. her big thing where she finally fulfills her potential. And I would argue that in the MCU, she kind of hasn't, right? And so in the comics, she, you know, without giving it away too much in case they honestly do a lot of it, she has an overreaction to, uh, uh, you know, something sad. She she loses children. Uh, Doctor Strange is actually, for some reason, the doctor that delivers the children in that. Cause <laughs> yeah, he, he's a doctor. He's, he's, a, no, he's a surgeon. But he's, he's, he's not yeah. an OBGYN. Uh, <laughs> but he's Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah. He's Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. He knows spells uh, to deliver babies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. You, you are this <laughs> dilated Ooh, now. the baby didn't <laughs> crown correctly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, so, so, which could be why she's tied into his movie, it could be potentially setting that up. Mm-hmm. But long story short, she gets rid of the mutants. No more mutants. Right. And it wipes out uh, mutant powers for almost everyone. So a lot of people are thinking this could be 
the creation of the mutants instead in some sort of reverse mm. kind of thing, which we talked about other versions of, of uh, how the yeah. mutants might come into the MCU. But, I mean, is it this? Is, are they giving this, the huge, the biggest thing they've ever had, this merger with Fox, the big moment, bringing the mutants over, are they going to give that to a TV show? I mean, look I, at yeah. Game of Thrones. Like, any, like, if, just take a page out of HBO's book because I cancel so many subscriptions so that I can pay for HBO just to watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> and then I end up keeping it for all of their other shows. And so I'm like, yeah, if you want to have a mini series of like six episodes and they're like so great, uh, I think you they're that's what they're going to do. Yeah. I think it opens it up because there's always like, we're going to go do this. You guys go do this. And then there's like something else happening. And then they can lend that to these other little, they can have these little mini series or this is what this TV show is kind of how this starts off and you can kind of follow everyone's story somewhere. Yeah. Which I think is really cool. There's like an ability for them to link it all together. Mm -hmm. Like I, I do think that it would it would be super cool if Blade was with Doctor Strange yeah. in the horror like yes. aspect of it. Sure. Th- that would be so fun, right? Yeah. Like there's so many ways that now that they can co- you know just like connect all of these characters depending upon what episodes they film, they have access to all of them. And yeah. I I also think it makes it easier for viewers if you're like, "Hey, I'm a huge Vision fan, but you know, forget Black Widow." Then you could just kind of follow that yeah. by itself. Yeah. And Link that in for sure, yeah. and I think what it tells us is that now Disney with Disney Plus is banking on the fact that increasingly more people are watching stuff through streaming platforms. And if you look at the numbers, the the few numbers that Netflix ever ever, ever gives us, uh, that Adam Sandler movie Murder Mystery, it, like thirty million people or something like that watched it. Like you watched it like ten. Million. I watched yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 Sandler had a bit of Sandler head. Uh, and Stranger Things made huge numbers. People if they can have immediate access to this. And already paying for the subscription you know for better or worse when it comes to film exhibition more and more people are watching stuff on their smart tvs on their phones on their you know whatever their watches i don't have one um i don't like time it reminds me of my impending death but (laughs) uh yeah i think disney plus is kind of looking into the future and seeing well maybe we're gonna have fewer and fewer people who all go to movie theaters and now we can find a way to get directly into people's homes and control how much content they can watch (laughs) uh, and have them pay for specific tiers on what and they, they have watch. to walk on a treadmill to earn credits to yeah, watch right, whatever right, yeah. they want to see. Or 15 million merits, really. Yeah. Uh, but I think we're like, we're getting to that era for better or worse. Uh, but what this does mean is it takes some of the pressure off of each film. If you think the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been a 10 year long mo- or TV series and each one's kind of like an episode of that, now they're kind of going more in that vector uh, where they can kind of control week by week uh, how things connect. And we were talking about, yeah, Blade connecting to... Um, either WandaVision or Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. There's even an idea, like, some people were saying maybe Doctor Strange could go into the land of the dead and, and the death realm and then uh, commune with fallen heroes, and maybe that's where he finds Vision's soul and drags him back into, into life. Like, there's all kinds of weird ways these things to connect, and when you are producing things on a smaller scale, you can make those decisions uh, kind of uh, on a moment-to-moment basis as opposed to three times a year. Oh my gosh! I, I think it's uh, uh, interesting that you you said it really quickly, but we're like, man, like they could be doing these, they could be so ballsy and do these amazing things in TV shows and films, and it's almost like you know they've had this this plan in this amazing creative way, and it's kind of like, or you're launching a streaming service and you are like, hey, you know how to make people sign up for a streaming service? Part of the essential story is there. 
and yeah. just FOMO alone, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like yeah. unless you pay us monthly, like they're literally like it's like the uh, the enforcer or something on your on your block who's kind of like, hey, we've been protecting you real nice for a while, but uh, the price is going up. And it's yeah. like, why? We, we, we've just enjoyed, we've been really good viewers. Sort of. It's like, because we can. Basically. Yeah. We can make you pay now monthly for your Marvel content. I mean, hell yeah. What was bringing Elizabeth <laughs> <Hell> Olsen? <yeah. laughs> it wasn't, I mean, did you guys see the Doctor Strange panel? They bring back out Elizabeth Olsen and Kevin Feige's like, yeah, yeah, and WandaVision is going to be very important in this movie you're very excited about. It's like, is it? Or do you really just want us to watch the least exciting right. uh, series that Unless you're about to watch? Do, you remember that thing they said it was going to be 50s-esque? Oh, I don't remember seeing that. That, that was a long time ago. But okay. they said that it would it would be the vibe would be the 1950s, mm. which goes with if you read that kind of recent comic, The Vision. Uh, it's it's Vision has a whole family and it's really creepy and dark and weird. But it's set in like Americana as 1950s a reality. I wonder if he's gonna do that with Scarlet Witch somehow if they yeah. do bring Vision back in some Interesting. way. Interesting. I'm not be cool. 100 on this, but they were. All, I feel like they were also talking about bringing back. Um, Captain America's girlfriend, Peggy Which Carter. Peggy, Peggy? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is a part of this nineteen. Which would work yes. then if or in the What If, if right? What Isn't if? she going to be in the first episode yeah. of the What If show? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, but so so, I want to kind of pivot for a second to just one more thing about. We kind of touched on it, but I want to narrow in and pop it off, uh, <laughs> is the idea that somebody say gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 how do you go? What do you want to do again? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I forgot where I was going with this. No, uh, it's the idea that if there's one more thing that's dying, we kind of touched on it, but let's just go specific, the death of the concept of a superhero. And mm-hmm. I'm going to go through what you guys have brought up a couple of times now, and that's Blade. Mm-hmm. Right, like obviously we had Wesley Snipes' blade, and then uh, they arrested him for tax evasion, and he wasn't allowed to return to the MCU. Uh, but uh, <laughs> or there wasn't one then. But uh, is is this part? Is this why Did, are they crumbling these things? Because outside of the Avengers, the heroes do get kind of weird, and and uh, you know they're antiheroes and they're part vampire and stuff. Uh, or, or what? What do you guys just think about this idea of you know Shang Chi and all these characters? Like, is the concept of a superhero? Is that dead? Just the way, not the, the genre, but rather the type of person. You know, you're bringing up kind of uh, both DC and Marvel in the comics went through this phase. In the early 90s, we saw the death of Superman. And that's kind of the conversation we were having. Like, are people tired of just seeing Boy Scouts go off and fight other some other kind of metaphor for some country we're at war with? Uh, and then in the mid-2000s, in the Civil War storyline, we saw the death of Captain America. And some people saw that as like, does that mean the death of American values and American goodness? Because we were in the middle of like this war overseas. Uh, and I think, yeah, we might be going going through a similar thing in the cinematic universe like we're 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 done with these kind of stories we want to see people become more anti-heroes uh, seeing like movies like Joker where it's someone who is a definite villain in the comics mm-hmm. now become the protagonist we're following we've definitely yeah. seen other people do it but Marvel doing it yeah now Marvel's kind of following too yeah. which is interesting there's no God, there's no death to superheroes. It's like people are still going to be dressing up as every MCU character sure. on in Halloween for the next like 20 years. I just don't think I think yeah, sure they maybe change it a little bit. Um maybe open them up, seem more human, but then I just think that the audience is looking for that anyway. I know that you want yeah, like a I would classic agree. superhero, but you kind of also want like I want to be able to relate to you a little bit more. Like I didn't fall into weird mm-hmm. sand and get powers. Like right, you know, yeah. like I, I'm just the, a billionaire. Yeah, <laughs> Marvel's kind of following the like the human zeitgeist. I 
feel like I'm using that in a weird way. You can use zeitgeist, however. Great. Yeah, it, means, it means whatever you want it to It's mean. like a pause. So yeah. we're in the zeitgeist. You were zeitgeist. We're here to support you. <laughs> yeah. um, whereas when Iron Man started to come out, that was like right around, and obviously I'm not 100% on the dates and stuff, but like that was Eric right is. around 9-11. Like we were going through a time, we were going through a time where it was like, Save, save us! Um, it's definitely a, the first post nine eleven like superhero. Yeah, because yeah. it's like dealing or with the Iraq War or the yeah. Afghanistan War. Yeah, and I think now we're going into a phase as humanity where it's like we are human. We need to see each other as human, and uh, what makes us real. We're, we're all talking about self care, learning about who we are, uh, really digging in, and you know, taking care of ourselves and putting ourselves out there. And I think that that's also changing within in entertainment itself. And I think that's why we're starting to get these movies. Like how did the Joker be, well, he's, this is mental illness we're talking Mm -hmm. about, you know, and it made somebody become a villain that not only was hurting himself, but now is hurting other people. And how do we stop this? That's interesting to to be a cuck really quick. uh, I think that (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, really quick. Sure. Philip, your whole life this way. Uh, I think that there is a moment happening in the zeitgeist of uh, what it means to be a person and personhood, right? Sure. Apparently it's a, a corporation as a person, but aside of the, uh, <laughs> aside from that, it's like the the spectrum of, of what a person is. I mean, I'm, I'm, I yes, I am straight up talking like whether or not you're cisgendered or, or whatnot or, or honestly, the immigration issues, right? Of like, are you treating these people like people rather than contraband or something uh-huh. uh, and just all these definitions of these are people earlier we were saying that a superhuman well the human part is the important part maybe they're breaking down well then what is human let's make it reflective of everything mm. hence Shang-Chi hence Salma Hayek being the leader of the the Eternals yeah. right like it sounds like oh well they're just squeezing in diversity you know uh, we're going to talk about Thor later obviously a lot of people are, are thinking that uh, there too but also it could just be like or they're being re- very reflective of culture and just be like yeah. you know what every person whether or not you agree with their politics or what they define themselves as they should be able to find themselves in the MCU somewhere yeah mm-hmm. because they exist in the real world it's just reflecting the world as it is exactly and you know what we're, ta- we're using the term death because people understand what death is, but like you can also look at death as transformation, transition, you yeah. know, or transition. It's uh, either through reincarnation or through literally scientifically when you die, your body's nutrients go into the soil well, and you people die. eat you as flowers. Um, and I will never die. You uh, will never yeah. die. <laughs> if, only, yeah. if I wear a watch, I will. Uh, the uh, If we look at it that way, all this is a natural cycle. It's like what we learned in Thor Ragnarok, right? Like it's the end of something, but it's also the transformation into the best version of Thor that we've seen in the MCU. So we kind of... That's a natural point. And this is, we're getting back to the hero's journey, right? Like death is a critical part of the life cycle for every character. And it's that kind of resurrection on the other side of that transformation that defines who they are. So if you can look at phase four, it's kind of the transformation, the, the resurrection. Uh, we, we, we saw one life cycle and Ragnarok has occurred. And now there's going to be using the nutrients and the elements and the materials of what we've seen. We're going to synthesize something even better on the other side of it. That's yeah, I feel like it, like in the Joker trailer, when you see him with his mom and she's, you know, she's sick and she's going to die, that sort of transforms him into this character where you do find him going up to the Wayne house and he gets pushed away and falls over. And that's his like, that's the moment where you're like, oh, you chose this path because of all these things that led up to this moment where now you are the Joker. Mm-hmm. And 
that moment in the trailer is scary, but also really redemptive. Like when you see it and the music and he's like on the stairs, it's so cool. And I just think um, following just that storyline and me watching that trailer, I'm like, that's real. Yeah. That's like real life. Like people have sick parents and they have to like go through really hard things and then they don't turn into the Joker, but they but could they turn could. into an angry, they could, right. or like an angry, you know, person who might end up in a psych ward. Like, yeah, that, that movie is showing you, we haven't previously seen this and some would argue we, we might not need to, but what is interesting to us right now is it's taking the extreme, we were talking earlier about grounding the, these characters, the extreme dream character of the Joker and giving you an A to B to C to get there and then making you ask how many cracks away are you from becoming the Joker Mm -hmm. which apparently is not that many you just got to get shoved in front of a rich guy's house yep Mm -hmm. and then you're all you're on your way (laughs) Mm -hmm. guys uh, we got to take a quick break to thank the sponsors that bring this show to us Uh, Rogue Theory is paid for by the things that I talk about next New Rockstar's Rogue Theory is brought to you by some very nice sponsors. Did you spend a little too much going to Comic-Con this year? Or maybe on that sick Jon Snow cosplay that had to have fake fur, but it had to be super realistic, and that cost a lot of money too? Is this just me I'm talking about? Probably. But maybe you, like me, have really high credit card bills right now, and that high interest rate is really bumming you out bad. So what do you do? You get a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream, with rates as low as 5.95% APR with AutoPay. The application is super simple, there are no fees, and you can get money in your account as soon as the day you apply. I mean, it's not snappy fingers to bring back half the life in the universe fast, but it's pretty fast. So just for our listeners, apply now to get a special interest rate discount. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash rockstars. L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash rockstars. Of course, this is all subject to credit approval, and that rate includes a 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply, and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash rockstars for more information. All right, back to it. Thanks so much to those sponsors. Guys, Thor, Love and Thunder. We got to talk about it. Now, you designed the logo, correct? I did. Yeah. Um, what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, word art. What? Yeah. Went into paint. <laughs> MS Paint. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, pretty good gradients for paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, it's underused. It's an underused art. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, we've been talking about the these uh, redefining of superheroes and maybe what if if the concept of the superhero is changing or dying some way, what's replacing it? Uh, taking one of the core Avengers and now replacing the mantle at least of Thor with Natalie Portman's character Jane Foster. Uh, that is something that's happened in the comics, but what does it mean that that's happening in the MCU? Uh, and just how do we even think they're going to do it? I don't know that I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, elaborate. Uh, we'll so? put that note down. Uh, you, and you, I said down my for Kung piece. Fu, and then yeah. not down for that. Go ahead. Sure, elaborate. Uh, well, okay, first of all, I have not read the comic, so I don't, I don't, I didn't know that this is something that also happened inside of the comics, okay? So that it's makes pretty me, recent, too, like recent, uh, yeah. relatively, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, like Black Panther style, where they just, oh, we're re- the movie now we're going to have a series kind it of was, thing it was Jason Aaron's long time he was a long time artist for it but it, it was in the past uh, five or six years mm-hmm. that they told this side story involving original sin and the mighty Thor Thor dropped his hammer because of, of something Nick Fury whispered in his ear messed it with his head dropped it and then an unknown female character picks it up becomes Lady Thor kicks a bunch of ass and we find out it's Jane Foster who has breast cancer and every time she she uses the hammer to power up, it resets her chemo. So it's kind of this 
it's a really uh, human story. She's it's dying fascinating. She's dying to save but people. Yes. Yeah. And uh she it's it's a pretty interesting run. A bit a bit divisive. Not everyone loved it, but mm-hmm. it's uh a very like fresh take, I think, on the character. Again, grounded. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is so so what aren't you feeling though? Just like it, it just take acknowledge the perspective of okay, so you don't know it from the comics. Neither do most people who are, are familiar with the MCU. So then what is turning you off about it? Uh my, I guess my problem with it is that her character has been separated from. She was in the first movie. She was like a little bit maybe in the or referenced I think in the second movie. Yeah, she was part of the second she's movie. In the second one, that's the one where they yeah it, uh, her blood goes. But just nose. referenced oh, in the yeah. third. Uh, just she's just been third. referenced like, ever since. Then, yeah. It feels very far removed to then bring her back in. Last week we argued yeah. that Valkyrie could have done it. Right, that sure. that character feels very fresh, and if there was going to be a female Thor, there's somebody who seemed worthy, certainly, uh, with Tessa Thompson's character. But yeah, it does. It, honestly, it's the Natalie Portman drama, right? Didn't she like yeah. hate being in the MCU? Yeah, yeah. She just as an actress, I, I, she's one of my favorite actresses. Just seems like someone who's done with the MCU. Yeah, we're best friends. Yeah, uh, yeah she's she'll she's never die right now. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, but yeah, she kind of seemed like she's done with the MCU, and uh, if like I might feel a bit different if they brought in the different actress to play Jane Fox. Foster, yeah. uh, and I don't have a problem with Jane Foster being Thor. Uh, I guess I don't really have it with Natalie Portman being a Thor. I, I kind of feel similar in that the way it was presented, it almost felt like an apology for the past Thor movies where no one, like, Thor has never been more popular than he was after Ragnarok and during the Infinity War and Endgame movies. Why are we now, like, apologizing? It's fine if, like, we want to make a movie where both he and Jane Foster can both be Thor and it's, like, this awesome rom-com. I'm down for that. But the way it seemed like, you know, Taika Waititi got down on one knee, he handed this thing to this Hollywood A-lister, and now she's the queen of the MCU. And the way you you just made it seem like she held the, the hammer is not actually how she held it. It is very much, she's like... Yeah. Uh, Grimacing. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, it feels I think, like she doesn't want to do it. It seems like it does kind this storyline a disservice, potentially, sure. by giving it so much of a spotlight, so much attention. Listen, like, have you guys taken Natalie Portman's master class? <laughs> In what? <laughs> master class, okay? The master class series. Yeah. Is Where it, Natalie Portman yeah. shows you how to break up with cleanse. your boyfriend or whatever? I'm yeah. not even kidding. It's on she's YouTube She walks time. around oh, the room real? and she's like, you need, this is how you experience. It. She's like, Put your look face at this room. to the camera. <laughs> really feel it, you know? And so I'm like, yeah, all right. She's like, look for props that you can break. That you can, yeah. <laughs> she legitimately says that. The wow. prop master's like, don't do this, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she'll she'll be able to get a lot for the next master class out of this, for <laughs> yeah. sure. If she's got cancer and she's <laughs> right. got to be, yeah, Acting. Lady Thor, save the world. I have the highest of hopes for this movie. I think Taika Waititi did a great job, and I think yeah. he understands what's good about this, what I think is a really good Jason Aaron comic series. And I hope, this is what I hope for the movie, that they are able to elevate Natalie Portman in a way that doesn't, uh, throw down or knock down mm-hmm. uh, Chris Hemsworth Thor just because we've already seen that we saw him get knocked down in, in Endgame and in Infinity War and in Ragnarok so like let's have it be a true like team movie again and see their relationship unfold as they both like trade off the powers of Thor maybe she does have cancer they want to bring that in maybe he decides out of an act of love and thunder hand off Mjolnir to her so it's like a choice rather than like he's depowered because you know that's just going to piss off the haters if they do it that way maybe mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, you might not know this. Chris Hemsworth is not going to be in it. 
Wait, what? No, I'm totally <laughs> wait, of, course, of course he is. Uh, he's, is he okay? He's he gained a lot of weight. Of course he's going to be. In. I'm thinking we're, we're kidding ourselves if we even think that he's not going to be still the star of the movie. Like, just because it is his Natalie name Portman, in the title. Yeah. Well, well hers? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We don't really know who's uh, If If it is a mantle being passed, I think that's not quite, I don't want to say a B story, but I think maybe it's a way to elevate that character so that she can be, maybe it is a buddy team-up kind of thing, but Valkyrie's going to be a big part of it, too. Yeah. Let's address the uh, thing that people are throwing out there. Is it a love triangle? Is that what the love is about, of I love and love thunder? That. Where Valkyrie said that if she's the king of Asgard, she needs her, needs her queen who's just been elevated to worthy jane foster who is still crushing on jane foster thor is oh so it's like valkyrie and both thor and crushing on jane jane potentially yeah, yeah. yeah. oh valkyrie's gonna win oh, she's got sure. to she's well, got which body does chris hemsworth have <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would i would love that a lot of people have been shipping uh, captain marvel and valkyrie that they've had some social media posts uh, some love back and forth that'd be great i would love captain marvel to show up in this story just because there was that you know fun chemistry between her and thor in endgame um, i want him to have sweet sweet babies <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah valkyrie's sweet. making rounds and i'm for it yeah I'm yeah, game. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you're, you're down. You guys, do you guys think it'll be that? It'll be a, uh, a love triangle? Who it should. I if it's it not, should. they're failing big time. Or a love triangle. Or it's just something. like Jane and Valkyrie are doing their thing and Thor's left out of it. <laughs> but he's still there. He's just like, okay, cool. I respect Watching. this. Yeah. I'm, that I'm does happy sound for you. Tonally. But I'm still hurting inside. <laughs> like their kind of thing where he's like, remember me, guys? And they're like, no. Uh, <laughs> what else other than the love triangle, also Eric's pitch of out of an act of love, what else could the love and be referring to? Probably like that she has to have a love for the people to be able to give a lot of her life away like she's killing herself every time she like turns on that's interesting because right? you'll, you'll say that that thor doesn't do it for the saving the people part right he's he's a an action junkie right mm -hmm. he's a, a suicidal maniac yeah in the yeah. best way <laughs> jane sacrifices herself every time if we can get more stories explaining to people what love is and how it's not this simplistic, overly romanticized thing, but it's a complicated, uh, compromise-based, sacrificial thing where you, you know, well, this it's is not, what Eric it's says not when just his mom's a really like, handsome why don't you voice? say you love me? It's like, mom, <laughs> it's a four-letter word that has no meaning anymore. Yeah, it's uh, too complicated, yeah. mom. Let's, like, let's teach people how love is a complicated, messy thing, and let's use Marvel movies to do it. Hell yeah. Let's, let's, uh, let's tell new stories that yeah. these audiences aren't used to sitting through. Well, but don't leave out the good looking and the abs. No, or, you know course. what I mean. That's yeah. right. love. That's part of love. That's one us. element. Yeah. That's one component of love. Yeah, you can't exactly. have love without abs. There's <laughs> a whole pie here that we could make that makes but can't up eat love. To keep your abs, Eric. Who hurt you? <laughs> hmm? Who hurt you? What happened to yeah, you, Eric? That was a lot. Whatever's underneath the table hurt me real bad. <laughs> I'm not going to be standing up for a long time. Uh, that's really creepy and gross. Uh, speaking of uh, weird things in your body, what about the ether? Is that still in Jane Foster? And so essentially, it's an Infinity Stone. Can that be? Because they remember the, so the concept is they had to go back and put all the stones back where they were. Mm -hmm. So they shoved it up Natalie Portman's nose. Yeah, uh, and then she has it. They in her total again? recalled her. Well, they, or they, <laughs> they got it back in her to. somehow. Maybe while she was sleeping, they put a funnel in her mouth. Yeah, imagine a funnel, if you will. Funnel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, we can easily imagine a funnel. Imagine yeah. a funnel. I wasn't it's thinking funnel. funnel cake like it's you, a Eric. Cone, yeah, a cone with a, a tube at the bottom. Uh, <laughs> and we're familiar. <laughs> I don't think you are. 
and it's an angry sludge. Uh, we did a whole bit about this in a recent Thor Love and Thunder breakdown where it's just like, imagine that conversation between Cap and uh, Jane when she's waking up like, why do I need this Hold back in me? Just, <laughs> we please drink Who this? I don't want to force I'm you to drink it, but 30s. for the sake of the multiverse, you have to drink this right now. She's like, ah, great. If, uh, better not give me cancer because that would and lead to a Jason Aaron storyline. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, it, it depends on what timeline they they put this in if it is the post endgame timeline yeah uh jane foster has that uh has had that sludge in her but through the result of the dark world story has had it extracted from her but has a memory of having an angry toxic sludge inside of her (laughs) (laughs) it's a weird dark world was a weird time guys it gives her a lot of depth yeah yeah do you guys uh uh, think that that'll be how she gets the powers from the stone is it thor's just like here have it because he does have an extra hammer. I don't know. Marvel likes this. A lot of shows like to do this, but it's like the whole secret thing. So I imagine that that she, we might find out that she doesn't know that that's what's inside her, and that's how. Are we saying that that's how the cancer started? It's a way. Okay. Well, I mean, I'll say if everything causes cancer, definitely an Infinity Stone in your bloodstream probably does. Yeah, and I feel like that's it's going to be this really dramatic thing where it's like, well. Yeah. There's something inside. We had to put it in. Is this Doctor Strange, her doctor? Yeah, Doctor Strange (laughs) is now. He's the oncologist as well. Exactly. So I think we'll have some sort of reveal that will make her make a decision about who she wants to be Mm. or why. Well, that's the the hero's journey, right? You have Mm -hmm. to choose at some point to become the hero. Yeah. Oh, uh, real quick. uh, I just (laughs) reminded myself, uh, just stupid theory that I have, and I want to put it on record. WandaVision. Uh, Scarlet Witch is pregnant with Vision babies. Ooh, babies? babies? Twins. Uh, wow. And then then something happens to them, uh, and then she goes nuts. Can Vision conceive? I just heard a rumor that Vision's shooting blanks. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he told you, but... can't uh, taste paprika. He can't father a child. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what that means, but uh, speaking of... It's an uh, old southern adage. <laughs> yeah. Can't taste paprika, friend. He's still being milked down there. Wow. Lone wolf. Lone wolf. Top gun. That, uh, yeah. 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 How's that for a transition? Segway yeah, segway over here. Functioning. <laughs> it's not. Nailed it. Yeah. Crushed it. Um, <laughs> did you guys watch the Top Gun? Oh, trailer? yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Top Gun Maverick, uh, just to remind us what the character's name is. So, okay, uh-huh. so Tom Cruise surprises everyone uh, by knowing what Comic Con is at all, uh, and then showing up there and uh, dropping a sequel trailer for Top Gun, which honestly is kind of one of these movies that it's like, oh yeah, Top Gun, and then most people saying that were not born when Top Gun came oh, yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys are you guys even familiar with Top Gun? Did you guys watch Top Gun? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, yeah. you guys are big uh, toppies. We both come from families. <laughs> The pilots, yeah. so we grew up with Top Gun for mm-hmm. sure. The same yeah. pilot. We were well, waiting we, on those we, test results. You know, <laughs> yeah. 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 No pilot loved Top Gun. Oh, pilots don't. No like pilot Top Gun? in my background. Oh, okay. Is, uh, I no know all my brothers, uh, naval aviation buddies, they watch it like once a month. <laughs> But really? they watch it like almost as kind of hate watching. Yes, yeah. for yes, yeah. an educational. This is how you yes. die. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. But uh, kind of adoringly in a way. I don't know if anyone views it as art. <laughs> you know? uh, it's a goofy movie. Just the the Not volleyball. The scene. I think it's art. Yeah. Well. Okay. Earlier the you were explaining to me that mm-hmm. you think Tom Cruise is art. Oh yes. 
I do love him. And I know you think I'm being facetious and that I sound sarcastic because I These just are a lot can't, of accusations no I one can't launched, not but now sound I do sarcastic, but I actually do legitimately really love Tom Cruise. Like when he smiles and put on and puts on his aviator glasses in Top Gun, I'm like, oh, oh, oh be still my heart. I can't. I just I adore him. And I think he's a really great actor. And yeah. I love that he does all of his own stunts. Like, are you kidding? He's the guy who's like, I, I only want to speed on a motorcycle, not wear a helmet. I'm going to try to fly this jet at like a bunch of mocks. Like, I'm going to learn how to do it. That's all one stunt with the motorcycle. Uh-huh. Yes. Jet. I hope it is. Like, he's yeah. he's a one of a kind. I'll, I'll say in front of the camera, he's uh, he's amazing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. as the person who gave us these moments uh, uh, of cinematic history, I hope he never dies, except he eventually very much will die doing one of these stunts. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You got to give the guy crow. credit. Like, he's kind of like a classic old school Hollywood showman, the way Buster Keaton was, the way uh, uh, Jackie Chan has been in his career. Like, I do my own stunts. I'm going to train myself how to do it. We're going to rehearse it a ton of times. I might injure myself, but like, there is kind of a death wish that we all have when we go see these movies. Like, is he going to hurt himself? Put this one. I like how our and it death makes it more is Tom Cruise potentially dying. Well, he's kind of like the evil Knievel of Hollywood right now, oh, right? Yeah, I like, like that we person. all saw that horrific Wasn't there injury. Going to be an evil Knievel biopic, and it was potentially going to star him at one point. I think. And then he's going to do all of his own stunts for yeah, it. Exactly. Oh, he's going to recreate it, no CGI. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm pumped for for this Top Gun movie. Right, I'll watch so, it. So okay. So yeah, about this Top money. Gun movie, uh, uh, it's it's hard to understand how it's going to land in our zeitgeist. Uh, but I think that it's potentially setting itself up to be another uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where it's like, like you're taking this well semi beloved franchise from from the '80s, bringing it back way later, and not rebooting it, saying this old man is the only person that can still play this role. <laughs> and you also have Miles Teller in there, who is potentially going to play that Shia LaBeouf uh, kind of role of, hey, I'm I'm junior or whatever swinging it is. Swinging with monkeys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that swinging with monkeys role. Uh, yeah. So, your gear. <laughs> yeah. So how do we take the lessons learned from Kingdom of Crystal Skull and not... repeat those mistakes on Top Gun Maverick. Miles is supposed to be like, it's like Goose Jr., right? Right, so maybe he dies real quick. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He jumps in the fridge, gets nuked, and does not survive. (laughs) He's just like a parachuter and just goes in power lines. That's Deadpool, damn it. Look, this is one of those things where it's kind of like Kingdom of Crystal Skull where people are like, is this movie necessary? Is is any movie necessary? Whatever. It's, you know, it's the director's great. This is a guy who's been doing all the Mission Impossible movies, Chris McQuarrie. He's a great writer-director. He did uh, The Usual Suspects. Well, and Tom Cruise loves working with him and brings him on to basically any project he does now yeah. as a Chris McQuarrie project. It, it'll be fun. I love that the trailer opened with like Ed Harris just being like, look, in any other military career, you would not still be flying jets. Yeah. Tom it does not make Cruise. Sense. Yeah, like, yeah not they kept calling him Tom. Script. This yeah. was really an intervention, like, and then they yeah. put cameras on you set. You should so. not be doing this anymore. You refuse <laughs> yeah. to give it up. The only way you can have a serious conversation with Tom Cruise is by convincing him to do a movie and right. hoping he gets a meta <laughs> exactly. message from it. I think the only way this movie is going to work is if What's been successful in the past is if they introduce it and then kind of let go of the old guard and then kind of let it take its own thing. Whereas with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, it was very much like, no, we're going to keep it the same way that it's been. So there really was no handoff, even though they like 
faked the whole hat thing right. he put on and he was like no give me my hat back <laughs> yeah. it's kind of got to be Improvised. like they t- had to change the whole script because he refused to give him the hat see yeah <laughs> and i whether it's a bit or not i believe it and, <laughs> um with, rogue theory. yeah i mean they're just gonna have to hand over the jet <laughs> the keys to the jet yeah, yeah. they've got to give the over the are there the, keys to a jet can you have like an listen, ignition key they're gonna have to have somebody else push the ladder up to the wing so that he can climb it you know <laughs> what i mean like that's just what's I, gonna have to happen i didn't know what you mean until you said the ladder thing uh but otherwise Wait, and to get to get into the jets you mean the ladder the most recent thing the ladder ladder point yeah, yeah. yeah oh, the, the ladder, the ladder, ladder point, point. Well, uh, I just wonder why that person had to get fired and they had to get a new person to they gotta hand over alright it's, it's about it, handing over it, that mantle look, of like I'm Maverick the ladder was guy like, I need my own ladder guy it's time I retire here's so, my hat they've gotta hand over the ladder Pops, I'm not ready to do a ladder <laughs> to push a ladder <laughs> <laughs> pushing step stools over you here you were born ready kid uh, uh, just a little fact to kind of maybe blow you away we we're talking about Kingdom of Crystal Skull as like you know this this big failure. Seventy eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Do you know what Top Gun has on Rotten Tomatoes? Seventy eight percent. Fifty five. Oh, oh, I knew it. Oh, you know too much about Tom Cruise. It's a movie yeah. people remember. Maybe you don't want to rewatch it that recently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm, what was it? You were uh, off-screen producer saying they use the same Kenny Loggins song three times. In yes, the movie? they do. It's remember for having it's, this great contract, uh, uh, soundtrack, oh, right. great yes. contract with Tom Cruise, and uh, a contract for a movie that uses the same song, uh, but not. That's not the volleyball song. That's a different uh, Kenny Loggins song. Right. Just yeah, it was also playing with Kenny the boys Loggins. is different. The uh, the end. Of the trailer where they go into the Top Gun theme on piano, and it's like, are you kidding me? We're five years too late on that thing of the Jurassic Park and the uh, Jurassic piano. Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. Ghostbusters, but it is kind piano. of a nice throwback. Yeah, it confuses me now. It makes me think it's a horror movie or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> Might I, be a little Halloween. bit. Do you guys forget Jennifer Connelly's in this? Because I mean, she she's gonna save it. She's so hot and she beautiful be and so Tom good. Gunter? Yeah, she's, she's my his love interest. Eyebrow role model. And <laughs> that Standard. took a, a last second turn that I did not expect. <laughs> uh, but Jennifer Connelly, uh, uh, come groom us. Uh, guys, there's some other topics that we're still covering in videos that are coming out on the channel. Um, so there will be more stuff about them. But I want to touch on some, we're, we're on this concept of the, the superhero and what is a superhero. And then Jennifer Connelly and eyebrows for a second. And then uh, <laughs> the superhero, superhero of stuff. eyebrows. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Jennifer Connelly. Is, uh, yeah. That's great. Uh, but Watchmen, did you guys see? The, the latest yeah. um, it, it seems like it almost might be a reaction to Endgame, even though obviously mm-hmm. they, they this was in the works for a long time. At least like, you know, in that way where we connect dots that aren't really meant to be connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you kind of see like what, what role do you think Watchmen plays uh, in the post Endgame world mm. or zeitgeist? If you will. Some would say zeitgeist. <laughs> it's an interesting question. You know, it's uh, a lot of people talk about Zack Snyder's Watchmen in 2009 and that it might have come just a bit before its time because this was before kind of the Marvel renaissance. But now, like Damon Lindelof's series is coming at a time where Marvel has reached peak saturation and that audiences might be more receptive this kind of story when Alan Moore did was it 86 when uh, Watchmen came it was in the 80s year, it yeah. was in some ways a reaction to the Superman comics uh, and that there was kind of an exhaustion in Alan Moore by telling these kind of stories as, as well as Frank Miller telling very adult uh, psychological philosophical stories and his Daredevil comics and uh, other things Batman comics um, kind of provided comic book artists a chance to raise the bar and ask more deeper questions so Hopefully that uh, hopefully Damon Lindelof's series 
does that for MCU, for other cinematic universes, for the X-Men movies, and asking people, forcing us to ask ourselves what role superheroes have in society, and uh, the whole vigilante justice question, uh, the question of responsibility and you know who watches the Watchmen, which is the, the core theme of that graphic novel. Yeah. It's interesting that you bring up Superman, because also just now we had Brightburn. Right, another mm-hmm. deconstruction of what it would mean to have those powers and be an actual American child. Yeah, it is interesting. Now, it seems like the role of police is playing a big role in this new series, and how the police respond to um, uh, anonymous and Antifa and, and street justice and vigilante justice, and people thinking that they have a responsibility to uh, correct the wrongs of society and fight back against police. And police, I'm not familiar with the production design of the show, but it seems like a lot of cops are wearing yellow masks in it, and I'm really curious to see what that means in this world. Uh, but it seems like the role of police in society is going to play a bigger role in this one than it did in the uh, original Alan Moore comic. And they, they pose the question in the trailer, like, what's the difference between an undercover cop and a vigilante? And then they don't really truly answer it. There's a very clear difference in law, by the way. <laughs> between very legal distinction. Yeah. I don't uh, know about it's a moral that. distinction. Well, sorry, I was just going to say, you. with the death of like the superheroes, that, that somebody's always going to pick up a mask. I mean, they're like the, the people in costume, that they're like, you know, the mass vigilantes. And I, I just think that it's their comeback of like, sure, if everyone thinks it's death of superheroes because of MCU and the universe and like the movies ending, that maybe it's their way to like gain it back. But I'm like, eh, there's always going to be uh, like uh, someone heroes, the, like yeah. somebody's going to do it. And make every it, time someone's going to pick up the man. pick up a mask. Yeah. So. Sorry. I keep hitting the table. <laughs> God. But you know, it's, it feels like this Watchmen series in particular seems like more of a reaction to Punisher and to Daredevil and the Netflix Marvel world because the MCU just seems to be floating above, uh, with the exception of, I would say, Spider-Man, uh, above like the real world. And uh, the vigilante question has always been at the heart of shows like Daredevil and Punisher. Like, why do you have the responsibility rather than people who you know are crime fighters in their uniforms and their badge? Uh, but I, I do think that is an important question to ask right now with the show. Why do some people get to carry military grade weapons on the street and not others? Why are some people armed? What you know kind of personalities? You know, I, I support cops here. <laughs> I, I support the troops, but I'm just saying, There's like a lot of police in the audience out here, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just polishing it. <laughs> um, like you know, I it's. It, we need to be more ethically um, enabled watchdogs toward anybody who's armed in society. And we need to ask those kind of questions and be more responsible about who we allow to carry guns on our streets. So if this new watchman asks those kind of questions, I'm all for it. Well, and I think those questions are cyclical, right? Like m- m- most questions and most cultural movements kind of have a, a return. And hopefully you're actually on a spiral staircase where you're, you know, you're making progress, but it We've been here before in a way, too. Uh, But I'll say that so this I do think it's a response to uh, we watch Marvel films and we think, oh, these angels come from the sky and they save us. Also, DC films, all all these things. And I think the Watchmen with saying in universe for a second is still asking the question that you're setting up, Eric, where it's like, but who chose you guys to be our protectors? Civil War obviously asked that question a lot. But it is kind of like if this really happened you know, who can be trusted to wield uh, uh, Thor's biceps. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, these these are Omega-level powers. Uh, those are weapons of mass dest- destruction. I'm still talking about the biceps. Uh, <laughs> and, and so it is, a, it 
if you frame it that way, terrifying that we have no, there's no vote on who becomes the hero, unless that's how Natalie Portman becomes Thor. <laughs> What's interesting, yeah, I feel like that's all it's been is this question of chaos versus order. Um, and I think now we're just looking at, looking at it, when we go to the Netflix side of the DC universe, it's more about order or like hiding the fact that you have this power so that they can keep order Whereas in, like you said, it's floating above where it always ends up being leaning towards chaos, that we should be able to govern ourselves and therefore it's leaning towards chaos. Whereas the grittier side is leading towards order. And what does that mean? Yeah. I'll be curious to see how much this series delves into like the difference between truth and narrative and fiction and lies and fake news, because that was a big part of the ending of Alan Moore's graphic novel and of Zack Snyder's film. Well, it's very much Wag the Dog, which is a a political version of fake news, right? Where you use the concept of fake news to create action in people or in government. Yeah, the way newspapers got us into the Spanish-American War, and there's a lot of historical precedents for Me all this. Me and Eric specifically. Yeah, to, yeah. Our involvement in we, the Spanish-American We went war. to Spain, and yeah. we wore the U.S. flag on, and yeah, we, yeah. Like, we killed so many people um, <laughs> in Barcelona. Um, but the... Uh, we killed them. <laughs> yes. yeah. uh, this whole idea of, like, will people trust um, the the whatever the will and testament the story of the watching the truth of Ozymandias's conspiracy as it was dropped off at a newspaper office it seems like there's a fringe conspiracy theory network similar to anonymous that is now being mobilized do how do you combat that uh what kind of truth do you believe and if they can kind of ask those questions that could be a very relevant interesting story for these times speaking of questions there's nothing on these cards he pulled uh, it right out of the air. Guys, rogue questions. We end every episode with uh, some real hard-hitting questions, and if you get them wrong, you're not invited back. Uh, <laughs> even though these are opinion-based questions. I'm going to specifically get them, get them all wrong. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. come back. Did, did you have that good of a time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, scarier trailer, It Chapter 2 or Cats? <laughs> <laughs> cats. Cats. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ugh. I mean, it, they're both funny and scary in a, in a way, but man, I'll, I'll never get that image of the uh, of James Corden or uh, <laughs> just belly bumping somebody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, weirdly uh, erotic. You're right. It. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Philip's card is upside down. He's insane. He's not reading anything. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Uh, the newest trailer for Westworld season three shows a new world set during World War II. Oh yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Would you, I'm reading this upside down too. So, would you rather? be in the old west feudal Japan or World War II Europe? Old West because you feel a little bit more okay being a black hat or a white hat whereas in World War II there's only one side Side you should play on. Yikes, yeah. Yeah. You can pick which allies. (laughs) Italians. Well, I like western riding specifically on quarter horses so I'll go with the (laughs) The western part of what it. What is a quarter horse? It's a specific breed of horse, Philip. Is it a 25th? It's the horse that you put a quarter in and then you ride in the mall. Quarter horse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They eat quarters. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say feudal Japan. Why? Um, Because um, of the type of weaponry. They do have the best weaponry. Mm. Sure. Guns. Uh, the actor <laughs> cast as uh, Shang-Chi uh, is in the upcoming Marvel movie. He So this is true if you guys saw this. He had tweeted to Marvel eight months ago about being cast. He's like, hey, you, you guys want to cast me? Uh, or it said, like, Marvel, let's talk or something. Uh, and then he got it. They, oh. they did cast yeah. him. Oh, my God. Way. 
Uh, I feel like so, what's happening now? What role should each of you start tweet begging for? Obviously, yes. Eric in the Christmas story. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they do have Peter Billingsley in the MCU now. <laughs> he's, a, he's a producer. Reva is William Reva. Yeah, and he's a producer for Spider Man. Uh, let's see. What's the name of uh, oh, Mojo? Uh, it could be Mojo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it's uncanny. This doesn't make good TV. <laughs> I saw there was a female pilot in the new Top Gun, and I was like, what? Yeah. Uh, I want to audition for that. I would have tweeted that and said, make me that pilot. Yeah, that would have been very, very cool. Wesley Snipes congratulated Mahershala Ali on being, oh man, but you know he didn't buy, He didn't mm. really mean it because he wanted to play Blue. He wanted to come back and play Blue. And he's like, look, I haven't aged. And like, <laughs> pay your taxes. Uh, uh, congratulated him on being cast as Blade before telling angry fans to chillax with a lot of A's and a lot of X's. Uh, what's a more vampire appropriate way to tell people to calm down? Suck it up. Relax. <laughs> Oh, that yeah. was good. And suck yeah. it up is good. Stay calm and carry on. Uh, <laughs> sure. Duh, don't let that blood boil. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, no. sure. I'll get out of here. Throw the card. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so uh, much. That, uh, it's, and you can say it to a vampire to come uh-huh. Throw, Throw the card. The, card. Uh, the trailer for the Zombieland sequel came out this week, and it shows the characters playing Twister in an abandoned White House. Where would you want to explore in the post-apocalyptic world? Mm. Oh. <gasps> Ooh, a theme park, like Disneyland. Ooh, green. Yeah. You, like, you see those rides, abandoned Disneylands, like yeah. in the, or they're not Disney, but just abandoned theme parks, and Terrifying. they're overrun with weeds, and raccoons are op- operating the rides now. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that? That's what they already do. You know do. That? Have you heard about that? Yeah. <laughs> this is terrifying. Uh, what else you guys got? Uh, like one of those old like refineries or like a distillery that has like something that has huge tanks and a lot oh, of space yeah. that you have to like run through. Why? Because um, uh, of the weapons they have there. Because of the weapons. Because <laughs> of the weaponry. Uh, yeah. You never get to see anything like that. It's, unless you work there. And Eric, uh, uh, my house maybe? Your house would be You've fine. Never been. Uh, never been. Heard yeah. great things. I don't know, like LA, the city of Los Angeles would be nice just Pacific to have empty Palisades. streets. Pacific <laughs> Yeah. No traffic. There you go. That'd be great. And Dead Bill Murray. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal was spotted dancing in the front row of an EDM concert in Belgium. <laughs> Of Belchers? Yeah. Uh, what's the worst person to be behind at a concert? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. yeah. Andre the Giant? Yeah, mm. especially now. The person standing behind Shaquille O'Neal because they're just fussing the whole time. Ah, oh, God, I can't see anything. Uh, I'd rather not be able to see than be able to hear complaining for two hours. Yeah. Or the, the person recording the concert with their iPad. Oh, <laughs> right. man. All right. Uh, and weak. last one. A wild Reddit theory came out this week that when Captain America went back in time at the end of Endgame, Steve Rogers became Mr. Rogers. (laughs) (laughs) Just actual Mr. Rogers. Uh, Does this make the upcoming Tom Hanks movie, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, the secret fourth Captain America solo movie? (laughs) (laughs) This is one of those questions that's more of a joke for the card writer (laughs) than anything that anyone can say. For a future video over here, <laughs> oh, yes. uh, uh, then it became worth it. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you guys like Tom Hanks? Yes, yeah. more than Tom Cruise. No. Ooh, hot take, rogue theory, <laughs> guys. Thank you so much uh, to my guests. Uh, you guys are great, and you can be found in great places. Uh, specifically, uh, where sh- where do you want people to find you? Yeah, find me on YouTube.com under my name Tara Erickson. It's T A R A E R I C K S O N. Great. Uh, you can find me at the UCB Theater on Herald Night with my team Scream. In Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, yeah. specifically. Uh, and you know where to find me. You can find me. Yeah. What do we got coming this week? Oh, yeah, we got um, uh, some interesting takes. We're still 
unpacking all the Comic-Con stuff. Uh, it should be on the channel already, this uh, look at the horror influences of uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, to me, the most interesting panel about you guys was the Endgame screenwriters uh, mm -hmm. panel. Marcus and McFeely yeah. gave us a sneak peek at all the deleted scenes and ideas that were rejected. They had some of the craziest ideas for both Infinity War. Uh, Decap Cap uh, was oh, one. Yeah, we already did a video about that. There's another one about Thanos' trial that um, you'll be able to see soon. Uh, and uh, yeah, just more stuff coming out of Comic Con. And we know that the Endgame re or the Endgame release on DVD Blu-ray will um, be coming out in a couple weeks and hopefully some more trailers uh, for stuff that we didn't get to see at Comic-Con. All right, guys, don't forget to subscribe to Rogue Theory on the podcast feed so you can get it uh, earlier than the YouTube channel. Uh, also, uh, I'm Philip Molina. I never say my name at this yeah, at the beginning every time. Uh, I'm ashamed because it's yeah. spelled stupid. Uh, uh, you can also follow me on, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and Rockstars, thank you guys so much. <laughs>